What's up, y'all? Dean Thomas and Angela Hill in Jimmy Smith. On today's Unlocking the Cage podcast, Angela and I sit down with UFC middleweight Chris Curtis and talk him replacing injured Darren Till to fight Jack Hermanson at UFC London. Also, we break down this weekend's main event between Rafael Dos Anjos and Rafael Fazid and discuss the title implications for the winner. I'm joined by Angela Hill. I am Dean Thomas. And as promised, well, I kind of promised. I ain't really promised, but I kind of promised that Chris Curtis would be joining us on the show today. And it gives me great pleasure and great honor to bring him on. And I think he's muted. So if he could just unmute. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There we are. Hey, there he is. There hey, what's he up, guys? There he is. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How's everything going? You getting ready for your big fight in uh, in London? Yeah, man. Uh, I guess there's no place like London, so here we go. Um, was it two weeks out? So doing uh, the last minute uh, scramble to get everything ready, and uh, we got next week to train, and then we're off to London. Now, how did this fight come about? Like how, like when they called you, how apprehensive was you? Like, did were you like, I got to talk to some people first, or tell me, tell me how this thing was set up and how it happened. No, yesterday. Um, what's what was uh, it? Was yesterday? Yeah, after I was leading conditioning, and my manager runs up and he's like, "Hey, answer your phone." I was like, "Well, working out, my bad." He's <laughs> like, "You want to uh, fight in two weeks?" And I was like, "Yeah, where?" And he said, "London." And I was like, "Who?" He said, "At Manson." And I was like, "All right, let's go." So I agreed <laughs> to it, and an hour later, Jack confirmed, and then we're fighting in London. It was that easy, huh? It was. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, let's go, let's, let's go. The, you know, what are they paying me? They told me. I was like, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> well, I just, well, because, and I was telling somebody this. I said, man, I, every time I see you, like, you are always training. You are a, a true gym rat. I've seen you in three different gyms in hey, Vegas. I uh, sure last fight I fought Rodolfo. I uh. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to train on Sunday because I, I overslept. And so I was back in the gym Monday after I fought Rodolfo, and I was back in the gym uh, full time. And, uh, you know, I didn't take any – I had that one day off, and that was it. I don't like taking time off between fights if I can help it. Uh, I'll be 35 next week, so I've got to – it's easier for me to keep going. I got, it's like an old diesel truck, man. Like, if you turn it off, you got to prime it and let it warm up. You just let it idle, it'll be fine. So, you know, I'd, I'd rather just not take time off, just keep going. Well, I can feel that, you know, I'm pushing, I'm pushing up there in the thirties too. So I definitely feel that, um, that pressure to just stay on it and keep getting better. Well, and keep improving. Hard, yeah. Like, yeah that, that, I laugh at Patty. Like you see Patty Pimblet gets fat between, I'm like, bro, wait till he gets 30, wait till he hits his thirties. And like, that's not going to be a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so hard to lose that bottom gut. You know, you'll yeah. have like a fork pack. And then you'll have a little bottom pooch that doesn't want to go anywhere. From- I got that. I feel I look like a kangaroo with a baby <laughs> yes. in it. I don't even get super big, man. It's just uh, it's just tiring. Once you get mm-hmm. out of shape, getting into shape is the worst thing ever. It's just easier yeah. to kind of maintain a pretty good, good level of fitness. Because like once you're out of shape, you got to go back. It's absolutely horrible. So how much, going back to the fight, how much confidence do you have after – watching your homie Sean Strickland beat Hermanson. Now you get to be the next one that faces him, even though it's a short notice fight. Oh, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, I, I can't look the Sean thing too much. I have to assume uh, 
that fight was a while ago. I have to assume Jack's better now than he was. And it's fine, man. I didn't take any time off. I'm in shape. I'm ready to go. I think uh, I'm at a really good point in my career. So it's either going to go really well or really bad. But regardless, you know, I'm signed up. I'm in. So let's just go. Man, you've made a career off of that, man. I love (laughs) the fact that you've made a career off of just always being ready. And Uh, yeah, go ahead. I want I wanted to be that guy who got, you know, like UFC gave me the call. Like, hey, we want to sign you. That never happened. So, you know, I kind of had to uh, accept that all my opportunities are going to be, I'm going to have to, you know, have an uphill battle and just jump on those chances that come up. So I'd rather just be prepared and be ready. So, you know, if that's the route we had to take, that's the route we took. It's worked out so far. So why not keep uh, pushing it? Now, just prior to this, we were talking about Sean Strickland. And his his transgressions, so to say, like he's he's he rubs people the wrong way sometimes. And I'm assuming you, if not his only, you have to at least be his first black friend. Yeah, probably. Yes, actually. Yeah, for real, yeah. Well, uh, you know, what? I think Lorenz Larkin was his first black friend. I think Larkin was his first black friend. Who was? Lorenz Larkin. Oh, Lorenz Larkin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is that like what is that like? Because I know a lot of people always and people always go, "Man, he's a racist." Like, how could you support this guy? I go, "Man, no, man. He's he hangs out with Chris Curtis. Like, that's his only friend." I think people understand Sean's disdain for all races. Like, he's gone <laughs> on tirades about white people, and I'm just like, okay, like Georgia. Like, he's just he's so. His disdain for everything is just—it's not even about race anymore. He just—he's just—he's like, just such an unhappy person. <laughs> he says he's fine, but I think he's just such an unhappy, traumatized person that he'll find a reason to hate anything. You can give that man a bag of puppies, and he'd find a reason to be mad with it. Like, to, to, you know, like all oh, these puppies are soft. Like a bag of just brand new, cute newborn puppies, everybody would love. He'd be like, oh. Look how useless they are. A thousand years ago, they would hunt wolves, and now they got them in the sack with bow ties on them. But he's, oh, he's just going to find an issue with anything. So it's just how he is. You guys are like polar opposites, though. You're such a, a sweet, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but you're like a, a <laughs> so sweet, sweet, humble, cool dude, man. But I know you get down, but how do y'all get along? Because you seem like polar opposites. Oh, don't get it. Don't be twisted. Sean and I have gotten to fistfights before. Like, we've been kicked out of gym <laughs> for, like, actual fistfights. Like, it's happened a few times. But I am one of those people who understand that, like, you have you, you, you don't take Sean. Like, he, when he says things, I just, like, I just nod my head and I walk away. Like, there are times we'll have conversations. At this point, like, you know, us knowing each other, I just walk away from him. But like, I'll still be talking. I'll just walk away because I understand <laughs> that me saying anything is only adding fuel. If you engage him, it's just adding fuel to the fire. There are times I just walk away. <laughs> you know, like, you, you just have to. Like, that's, you know, I, I accept Sean to be Sean and nothing else. So it's just like, you know what? There are just times if the fight's not worth it, just walk away. Let him have it. Like, you know, just, just don't care. Oh, that's funny. Part of that makes me feel like everyone in the world should just be able to get in a fist fight with each other. And then we have so much more harmony because it's easy. It's so much easier. Like everyone has a Sean Strickland at their gym. Like every fight team has one of those guys. And it's so much easier to get along with that person after you scrapped with them, after you've like, you know, gotten gotten your uh, gotten your aggressions out. We got to a fist fight at um team quest twice 
<laughs> and then once it's in the game, MMA, you got some fist fight there too. So oh, it, it's man. happened a few times. So it's just like Tim was going all over. And the thing about Sean, I'll tell you, like Sean, he, he's always like, "Oh, I give great advice." I'm like, "Okay, you give good <laughs> advice badly." Oh man, right? So that- <laughs> you'll say you give good advice very badly. And like that, that's the trick with Sean. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to understand that like what you're saying can be right, and sometimes, often it is right. But it's delivered in the worst possible way, which makes people hate you. Oh, man. Well, I know you were uh, talking about Adesanya being, what did you say? You said the poor man's, poor man's uh, Anderson Silva. I just wish Anderson Silva. Wish Anderson, way, way funnier. What were your feelings on the fight? Wish Anderson Silva. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, to be that supremely lauded and skilled and just not seem invested in winning the fight. I, I, I hate that style of fighting. I really do. Mm. It, go, it reminds me of, I'll, I'll catch flack for this, but it reminds me of the GSP thing where uh, you guys can't see this, but a room full of soldiers just walked in. I was like, oh shit, what did I do? They're behind the, uh, the, the screen. I scared the shit out of me. Oh shit, this is how it is. <laughs> yeah, they found you. They found you. They're like, they you got me. The show. Go, go. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> oh, no. oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> My heart dropped. I was like, well, this is it. <laughs> what well, I want to know what you've been up to to make you think that they were here for you. Hey, I, I don't know. What you I'm always living in constant fear that I've done something. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they play pool in silently. They're just like, oh, shit, yeah. Oh, man, they, but, they're, they're here for Strickland. <laughs> yeah, you're probably. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, with an Izzy, man, like, to be that supremely lauded and, like, you know, he fought that fight like he didn't really, like, he did enough to win, but he didn't, didn't you know, it's you feel like at a statement fight with that much of, of behind your name that you would attempt to make a statement. It's just... right. It's been a few fights where, you know, it feels like he really hasn't tried. He's kind of dialed it in. It's just, I don't know. Just not, I'm not a fan of that style of fight. Got it. See, I'm torn. I'm torn on my opinion of this right now, Chris. And that's what you've done in these last couple of years. Would you consider, I don't see, I'm torn on this. Would you consider that a come up or a comeback? Because what you've done has been miraculous, whether it was a comeback or a come up. But you really came up and have just established yourself in a position now where you could be in the top 10 before the summer's over. I'll call it a come up because until this, until recently, I've never been in the position that I like set out to reach. I never, re- you know, I've never been able to like quite meet the goals that I set for myself. So I have to call it a come up because I've never, you know, I've never gotten to where I wanted to be to begin with to even, you know, to get knocked out of that position. So it's definitely the come up for me. Now, obviously, considering the come up, things have had to change. Things have had to have changed in your life drastically in terms of financially. Did you buy yourself something nice yet? <laughs> I live like a hobo. I know. I, and I was t- I was telling everybody this and I hope you are not offended. But every no. time I see you, I think you're homeless. I want to give yeah. you change. I, I, oh. I, live like, I live like a hobo. Like I go to the gym. I go home. I don't really like I still drive the same car. Like I'm going to drive until it explodes. Uh, 
I really bought nothing new. Uh, most expensive thing I got was I got bought a computer, a new computer, and that was like three thousand bucks, and that was it. And that was the only really big expensive thing I bought. I've done nothing else with my money. I'm just hoarding it like a dragon because I don't. I don't really. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, mean, I'm just, I, I just don't buy a lot of material stuff, man. It's more. Uh, I'm definitely a creature comfort guy. As long as I got the things that I want, you know, I pay my bills. I'm fine. Like the case taken care of. Got nothing to worry about. Yeah, that's what I was telling somebody. I said, man, every time I see him, man, I see him in his. Like he, I've seen you pull up to the PI in that little beat up car. Yeah, but all your gym equipment and dirty clothes. It explodes. Yeah, man. <laughs> Every time I see your beard is all crazy and your hair is all crap, like, yo, this dude is homeless, but he get down and fight with the best of them. My single, I tell tell people a singularity of purpose, man. Like everything I do was to get me to this point. Everything I still do is to get me to the next stage of this. So just singularity of purpose or anything that doesn't, you know, suit that purpose actively, you know, I don't worry about until later, but you know, right now, we got stuff we're trying to do. So everything I do, everything like uh, I spend money on, everything has to be towards my purpose. So now you talked about like this is your come up because you haven't achieved the goals that you set out to in the beginning. What were those goals and what do you have to do in order to achieve them? My goals have always really been I just wanted to see how far I can go. I wanted to go fight the best guys in the world. I wanted to be on the biggest stages, but get the best guys. I just wanted to see what my ceiling was. I didn't set out like, oh, I'm going to be a champion. I'm going to have this. I'm going to be rich. Like, no, I just need, I need to see, this is something I love. I love fighting. I genuinely love fighting. I love the sport. I love the competition. I love the violence. And for me, I wanted to see how far I could go. I wanted to see you know, what, my, what my overall ceiling was. And, you know, not getting signed sucks because, like, you know, best guys in the world are under this banner and not getting signed kind of kills me, man. So I, I want I need to be able to see it. So now that I'm here, the goal remains the same. Nothing's changed. I just want to see how far I can go. And what do you think? Well, what do you think uh, a win against Hermanson does towards your goal? I mean, do you think- I know that I'm at least number eight guy in the world. <laughs> So he's one step closer to seeing how far I can go, you know, one step closer up that ladder. And uh, you beat Hermanson, the fights only get harder from that point on. And he's one step closer to seeing, you know, where my ultimate ceiling is. Is there anybody that you're, that you want to fight in this division? I don't particularly care. Like uh, I'm just trying to fight better and better guys, man. Cause I, I just, I just want to see, not so much about fighting other people. It's about just seeing like what I'm able to do. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever been to London? No, no, I haven't. But I heard that there's no place like London. No, there's no place like London. Sweeney Todd, like favorite movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody we- out there will get that. I was <laughs> like. I should know this reference, but I don't. <laughs> I, we we appreciate it. We appreciate the serenade 100 yes. percent. And that's I can get beautiful. down with that because I'll be doing that to people too, singing, singing poorly to yeah, random What's going on? Yeah, random like, quotes. Yeah. <laughs> random I'm like, one person quotes. listening to this will understand that. I'd be like, ha ha ha. That's that's the guy that's for you. That's that's for you, buddy. The one person listening. It's <laughs> for you. Yeah. It was Joe from Beyond. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets it. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, he gets it. Yeah, he got it for sure. Well, Chris, we totally appreciate the time. I love what you've done with your career and what you're doing with your career. And best of luck to you in London. Hope training goes good and 
you make it in one piece safely and you make it back <laughs> in one piece safely. Best right. of luck to you, my man. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Here we go. All right. Get it. Peace Later, out. Guys. Bye. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. I got to talk to Angela Hill about something because this has been bothering me for a couple of weeks now since it's been announced and Uh I don't really know how to deal with it. So I want to get her opinion on what she would do if she was in my position. Okay, so your fight has been (laughs) announced Uh with Lupe Godinez. Yes. Okay. now you are family. You're family to me, but Lupe has been my favorite fighter. Since she came out the gate, I don't, I don't know how to handle this. I don't Boo. know how I don't know how to handle this. So I need for you to tell me how to handle this. Tell me how to make this cool. How to make this cool? Uh, just hope that the better woman woman wins, which is you know obviously me. But <laughs> right, yeah, that's that's the way you make it cool. Whenever a friend fights a friend. It's really stressful for me because uh, I just want to see them both do well. So it's hard for me to pick a side or pick who I want to win. Instead, just don't worry about who you want to win. Just watch the fight. React to what happens as opposed to willing something to happen and then feeling bad about it later. Like, just just be in the moment, basically. Be in the moment, but I am allowed to feel bad about it later, right? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can feel bad about it later when I whoop that ass. Poor well, listen, she, I'm gonna, but so, she's but, gonna be stronger after it. You know, it's a big step up. It's a big step up. I'm probably gonna be the underdog, so she's gonna be going in there with confidence. You know, it's, it's this is a really big fight for Loopy, and for me, it's a big fight too because I'm kind of on a skid. I have to show what I'm made of. I have to show that veteran experience and all that good stuff. Uh, but it's going to be a scrap. Like, I know she's going to come forward. And if anything, we're going to get some money. Like, th- there's a good chance that we're going to make an extra 50 grand of that fight. One of us will at least. So I'm excited about it. So, I mean, and to be fair, like, I don't know Loopy. <laughs> right. So, like, it's not like she's okay. a friend of mine. So okay. I'm so I am rooting for you. Okay. I'm rooting for you. And whatever you need in order for help or anything, or you know, a confidence boost, I am rooting for you. <laughs> but I was conflicted because Loopy has been my favorite fighter. Like when everybody anybody ever asked me who's my favorite fighter, I say Loopy. Because Loopy she went on that run where she was just like fighting like every weekend. And um, uh, you know, somebody else did that. You do the same thing. I know. Oh, 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 oh my, thank bad, you. my bad. Thank you. So thank I guess that's why this remembering. it's been but, a while. <laughs> but to be fair, her name is Loopy. You know what I'm saying? Like whose name is Loopy? So she's so she's been on my radar for a while. And now you guys have to fight. But I am rooting for you. So if there if I do have a dog in this fight, I am rooting for you. I'm going up against and I'm fighting to 
am I fighting my better judgment? Because Loopy, like I said, I, I, she, the Loopy is Loopy. But I mm-hmm. am rooting for you in this fight. Yeah, well, the thing that I like about it is that I recognize all the positions. There's a like watching watching tape on my last girl. There were like some kind of weird takedowns that I wasn't really familiar with just because I hadn't my training partners don't do that. And we had to kind of dissect that and get used to countering those moves. And then it felt a little delayed when I was out there um, when I was out there and fighting. But with Loopy, all those positions I recognize, all her uh, all her takedowns, all her clinch positions where she uh, is able to kind of get the better of her opponents. But at the same time, these are girls who, you know, aren't that good. They haven't fought the caliber of opponents I have. They haven't had the camps that I've had where you learn so much. As you know, you learn so much more when you're preparing someone than when you're just training to train. So it's going to be a big step up for her. And she's going to feel that a lot of her stuff might not work. And and one last thing I'm going to comment on this is that and I've told you this before is that I love your progression and your evolution as a fighter. I can really appreciate how far you've come, what you've done with your career, and the foresight that you have knowing your potential to go forward, to go back and and to be so self-reflective and analytical of your own self and critical of your own self and go back and go, all right, this is what I need to work on. This is what I need to fix. And then even in that last fight, like you <laughs> like you were like, you know what? I know I'm going up against the best grappler in the division, but you know what? Let's get this fight to the ground and see what happens. Hey, fuck so like, it. That's a- <laughs> like, <laughs> why not? You know, but that's happens. but to take to, to have that approach and that mindset. I mean, that's balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's balls. And if you want to be a leader in this industry, you have to lead that way. You got to lead with balls. So you are a leader in the strawweight division. No matter what anybody says, you are an absolute leader thank you so i guess i'm your second favorite fighter you're my second favorite you because we family you know what i'm saying we family and i can't be first you gotta keep family has to you gotta keep family down a little bit keep yeah, forcing you know them to, yeah forcing them to get better right that's that's what this is all about but you yes. will have the experience going into this fight now speaking of experience going into fights we have a big fight this weekend where we have the experienced RDA going up against, again, another guy who's on my favorite fighter list, and that's Rafael Fazeev. How could you not like that guy? That guy is, you know, he's an amazing fighter. This fight was supposed to happen before. It didn't happen before. I'm glad they redid it and uh, and got it scheduled. It's happening this weekend. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm wondering why it didn't happen before. I didn't see. Uh, I couldn't find that real quick when I was preparing yesterday. But um, it, it's going to be a banger of a fight, man. Like these two, they both go at it. They both come forward. And uh, Dos Angos, people were kind of counting him out after he hit like a little bit of a skid, but he was fighting top competition. Then he came out there and put on like that crazy fight against, uh, what is his name, Moicano? Or how do you say his name? Yeah, Moicano. Moicano. Um, yeah, Moicano. Like that fight was insane. Just five rounds of like highlights going until the bell rung, dropping him, almost finishing him. So I definitely feel like this fight is going to be fight of the night uh, just because of their styles. They both come forward. Um, I know Dos Anjos is probably going to be going for takedowns, but 
before that happens, he's going to have a lot of work to do just trying to get past uh, Fiziev's boxing, man. He's he's just so good on the feet. He's so explosive. He throws so much volume. Like, I, I'm so excited about this fight. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Fiziev in the gym a few times down at Sanford, and everybody in there speaks so highly of him. I remember talking mm. to Robbie Lawler. Robbie was like, he spars with him, and if you're not careful, he just makes you look stupid. Like he makes you miss <laughs> so bad. Like he's so he's got so much balance in his in his attack that he like can do things that not a lot of other people can do, and he can make you miss really bad and just make mm. you look really stupid. So I mean, I think he's a star, and I kind of don't. As much as I want to see him win, I, I kind of don't like this fight for him, actually. Oh, really? Why not? Because of the takedowns? <sighs> not the takedowns, just uh. the ex- it's a five round fight and we have seen Fazeev get tired. Mm. So that means that he, to me, he's kind of a front runner. So he's really good when he can use his explosiveness, which is like obviously one of his stronger points. But so he's probably not going to be able to do that and be explosive for five rounds. So he's going to have to kind of tame himself and control himself a little more. So that to me is an issue. And mm. also too, is just RDA, man. Like you can't really count him out. Yeah. Right. You just, you just can't count him out. And as, as much as I want to see Fazeev win, because I think that right now he's got more potential to be a star. And I hate to see that get dimmed by a loss. I just think RDA has the potential to beat him in a five round fight, a main event, five round fight. He slows him down. He gets him tired and then just and just outworks him. I mean, kind of the same way he did Moicano. I mean, he obliterated Moicano to the point where Mm -hmm. I don't care what he says. He stopped fighting to allow Moicano to stay in that fight. (laughs) I don't care what he says or what kind of narrative anybody else wants to write. RDA Put, you know, he let he took his foot off the gas and was like, All right, I'm not going to try to put this guy away because you nah, know, he's a bri- I don't think so. No, nah, man, listen, he was like, Dude, Yo, Those he- first couple of shots he landed after he dropped them, he was trying to put him out. Like, he, you could tell he was trying to put him out. Then, you know, you get a little tired after you try to put someone out and they're still there fighting back. Like, that that's that's the worst. It takes a little bit of wind out of yourselves. No, nah, in that fifth round where he where he had him, he was just like, You know what. He's a young Brazilian guy. He took this fight on short notice. I'm not going to embarrass him like that. I'm not going to try to take him out. I'm going to let him go out. I'm going to let him go out swinging. And that's what I firmly believe. I believe he was like, I'm going to let him go out swinging. Have I don't care what anybody that? else says. I believe he 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 was taking care of his Brazilian counterpart and was like, you know what? I see myself in him. He's a young, you know, I remember when I was there. I'm not going to put him out like that. You sound like you've done that before. I've someone. never done that. I've never no, done that. <laughs> I couldn't for the life of me do that. Like if I was fighting someone and I had a chance to finish them, even if I was kicking their ass the whole time and I'm like, oh, look at her. We got the same braids. Like, you know, <laughs> I know. Like, imagine that. Like, I mean, think of it this way. You know, like there's let's say there's, you know, like you the OG right now in the strawweight division. Let's say there's some little young, you know, some long, young little black girl come up. She take a fight on short notice. And you are just beating the hell out of her. And she makes it five rounds and she's barely walking. You're going to be like, you know what? Uh, 
though. I'm gonna finish her ass. If I can, <laughs> if I can finish her, I'm gonna finish her ass, and then I'll be like, "Hey, you should have showed up, Jim. We'll train together, and I will help you not let that happen to you. But no one else will do what I did to you. Like that's <laughs> we're sisters now, you know. But not before the fight's over. Like if I can finish her, I, she, it's it's done. It's a black on black crime right there. <laughs> well, that's because well, you see, you're you're built different. You know what I'm saying? You got no heart. Oh, come on. And this you, is and this is the you reason. Can't no, tell but this, me you do that. You can't no, this tell is the me reason, you do that. This either. is the reason why the women's strawweight division is the most vicious division <sighs> in all of MMA. It's the reason why, like, the numbers were so good on on the ultimate when y'all did were in the house together because y'all are just vicious. Y'all are heartless. <laughs> Y'all are cold. You got you no soul. very sexist right now. It has nothing to do with it being female or straw weight. It has to do with being a fighter and still like, you know, just wanting to destroy people until the bell rings. And then you're like, you're cool with them. Like everyone has that switch where they're like, all right. Oh, this is a nice. Nice guy or girl. Like, do, 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 do. Let's hug. Oh, glove tap. OK. All right. I'm gonna fucking kill you. You know, that's and then, right. Yep. See, and then that's... after the fight's over, then you can be like, Oh, brother, sister, you know, give no, him a see, hug. And that, yeah, you, you <laughs> hit me with a good punch. Oh, yeah, you hit me with a good kick. Oh, man, that was great. Yeah. Oh, you almost submitted me. You know, like you're like fucking besties after that. <laughs> all right. All right. You win. You win. So I can't even argue with you because I don't want to I don't want you to beat me up when next time I see you. Oh, please. Well, yeah, you you let me, though. It's, it's part of being a coach. coach <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so who do you so who do you think wins that fight between the two? Man, it, it it really depends on the takedowns, I think, because Dos Anjos, like he he just looks so good in the grappling department um, versus Moicano. And it's always been his game. Like he was always the guy who could hurt you on the feet and then take you down like it was nothing like big flare leg takedown, land inside control and just pummel you some more. So that's always been his deal. And he, no one was really able to prove that they could stop him from doing that until he fought Colby Covington. And then he went on that little skit for a while, ups and downs. But now I feel like he's back. Like, I definitely feel like he's back to doing the thing that he's good at doing. And it's going to be really hard for him to get past Fiziev's, um his his boxing, I feel like, because he does do a good job of boxing and then getting out of range for the takedown. But I mean, I, I think I think those annuals can get him down. I think he's going to be able to at least if it's a close fight on the feet, I think he'll be able to take him down just to still rounds. Well, you heard it here first. Angela Hill's prediction. I and I agree with you. I think that you know his just all that culminates into the experience that he has and so on and so forth. But the winner of this, especially if it's RDA, he's a former title holder, that may put him in position for a title. Unlocking the cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.